friends. Welcome to Wild Hearts with Janine. I'm Janine, the host of this podcast, and I'm really glad that you guys have chosen to tune in today. I'm super excited for the topic that we are going to be discussing today and to introduce you to my really good friend, Kayla. Kayla and I met a few years ago in Nashville, and she is just such a kind, considerate, generous, and beautiful human being, and you guys are going to be really blessed to hear from her. Don't make that face. That's too much. It's not too much. It's all true. <laughs> it's too <But> Thank you. <laughs> I will receive it. <laughs> let's, let's have you introduce yourself to everyone. Maybe share some uh, things about you, who you are, where you live, what you do, yeah. and a fun fact. Sure. I'm Kayla Tompkins. Uh, I currently live in Nashville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. um, but I am a Canadian mm-hmm. girl, so I'm on that green card <laughs> But we travel a lot. Mm -hmm. My husband and I have been on YouTube for almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. That's so crazy. We are the OGs of the YouTube world. I know. It's changed so much over the last 10 years, too. We actually just had, like, a fun fact come up that eight years ago, Mike, my husband, was under second top listened pop Canadian person on YouTube underneath Justin Bieber and he only had 200,000 subscribers. Eight that's years all you, ago? Eight years ago. That's all you needed that's to like be trending. Uh, technology is weird. It's so weird. Oh my so Lord. yeah, so Mike and I have been doing YouTube and all the social media platforms is kind of our thing. And then we have a three-year-old He'll be four this summer. Oh my gosh. His name is Dash and our little wiener dog, Moose. Jackson. <laughs> whatever you want to call him. <laughs> and He's sitting right here. He's so cute. He's like, I need to take a little picture. He's so fluffy. He's curled up in this little tiny ball. He's so funny. And then a fun fact. Mm-hmm. So we were, we were, we started talking about this before we, we, pressed record on this and I so I stopped myself so you haven't heard the whole thing no so we lived in LA a few years ago Mm -hmm. and we had to do one of these red carpets and we've done a few of them but this one was bigger than I expected and there were a lot of celebrities and the morning (laughs) of the red carpet I found out that it was a lot more fancy Mm. than I was just gonna wear like a cool top or something and and jeans obviously so I ran to Target because that's where I shop like yeah. I that's what I what's in the budget so we're YouTubers not like huge celebrities that's also a misconception so I went to Target I found this really rad two-piece skirt top thing mm-hmm. and we go to the red carpet I had a panic attack that morning oh I was just like there's a lot of competition and everything and just trying to be somebody you're not that all culture, the time yeah. in that culture and so I did the target thing and I was starting to feel okay about myself and then I got to the red carpet and everybody was like I'm wearing Prada I'm wearing Gucci and I was like um and I looked at the tag <laughs> And I was like, I'm wearing Massimo. And I had this this friend of ours who's a celebrity, like a bigger celebrity. Uh-huh. And she said to me, she goes, oh my gosh, can you hook me up with Massimo? And I was like, yeah, girl, I got you. <laughs> you just go to this place that has a big red target. So, so funny. It was really funny. I bet you looked really cute, too. I did look really cute. It did look really good. And I got so many compliments that See? night. And I and Mike kept, my husband kept looking at me being like, doesn't that panic attack earlier just mm. seem so crazy now? Do you still have that outfit? I do. And I, I wore it when I I was pregnant a lot because it's like this big stretchy yes it's a stretchy skirt too like it fit over my 33 week belly (laughs) and a crop top it's great that's really awesome that's a great fun fact (laughs) okay Kayla how would you say we know each other well, we met through um, a mutual friend, mm-hmm. Aaron Zappin, mm-hmm. in Franklin. Mm-hmm. You were babysitting. Yeah, back when I used to babysit yeah, all the all time. All the time. You, like, <laughs> were babysitting constantly. Yeah. You dog sat all the I time did. for us. And I, Dash was still in a little car seat. I know, he was so little. Yeah. He was so little. Yeah. And then we ended up being in, like, uh, a Bible study together. Yeah. And, and it yeah. turned into this just really sweet friendship. Yeah. I think because we have, like, similar souls in certain I think so ways too, like yeah. just childhood and then the yeah. love of travel and the love of mm-hmm. being free and mm-hmm. fearless mm-hmm. we do have That's very good. similar yeah. i think you're right with some things from our upbringing some of the things we're really passionate about yeah including things like helping people understand their worth yeah which is what we're talking about today yeah. but before we get into that 
Uh-huh. And this, we could probably do a whole podcast oh episode gosh. just on this. But where are some of your favorite oh places boy. you've ever been? And I want to hear about some of the places you're hoping to go. Oh, we've traveled a lot. I know. We've been we've been very fortunate, very blessed to have stumbled into a career that mm. allows us to travel and people have us come to different things. So we are very, very, very thankful that we get that opportunity. So we have been all over the world two or three times. So amazing. Um, Dash flew to Australia when he was six weeks old. That was his first trip. You guys did when he was six weeks old? Yeah. And people didn't even know he was on the plane. He was so quiet. That but was, he was like born for it. Yeah. Like he, it's good. I mean, I feel like oh that means gosh. it's going to be just easier He's for the rest of his life. The it's best, be. like the best traveler ever. Mm-hmm. So my very favorite place I could live there is Queenstown, New Zealand, mm-hmm. or just New Zealand. And that's where you just, just recently we were went. just recently yeah. there. It's life-changing. They have, like, signs everywhere that says, like, no smoking, no vaping, be kind to people. Mm-hmm. Like, it, they just, like, actually physically put out mm-hmm. this, like, joy and this mm-hmm. contentment. So, um, Queenstown or New Zealand, Strasbourg, <laughs> France... I did go there. It's pretty oh, my amazing. Word. Yeah. It's just beauty and the beast. It like, is. Everything. It is. Mike saying, There goes a stranger with the. Bell. It's called Bell. It's called, called Bell. Yeah, okay. it's like the first song. Yeah. <laughs> He's like spinning around, out, like in no. front of that big castle or you the know, big I think, church. I think we talked, yeah, the big old um, the big, the cathedral. The cathedral. We that's talked about massive. this when I was there. I think we oh, were texting or Instagram so messaging funny. about it. Yeah. And you told me that yeah. he did that. We did a vlog, and there's Mike dancing. Oh it's my so funny. gosh! Strasbourg, Bora Bora. I mean, how could how you can love you that? not love Bora Bora? <laughs> like the water is ridiculous. Oh my gosh! I remember you guys went there a few years ago. And yeah, it lived was, vicariously yeah. through you guys. Yeah, I just love that whole part of the world. Mm-hmm. So at the top of my list to like travel, I'd say is anywhere back over that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to go to Brisbane in mm-hmm. Australia. I'd love to go to Tahiti and all those like Mm -hmm. little islands but then I'd also love I love France Mm -hmm. France is probably my favorite country Mm -hmm. as a whole like every I love everything about France so I haven't been to south of France I did two cities in south of France uh, and I did Marseille and Nice and I really really loved Nice I didn't do very much other than lay on the beach right and it was all I wanted but that's all (laughs) I feel like that's all I'd want Mm -hmm. so south of France Portugal Mm -hmm. Yeah, some other, I think, more European cities. Mm-hmm. What's next? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we I really know. could just talk about I this I could talk forever. about it forever. Like, we actually do have a list. Do you have a list? We I need a, to write mine all down. They're all in my list. head, but... Yeah. The world is very big. I think... It's very big. That's what you realize as you start traveling. At least, I think that's yeah. what I realized. There's so much to see, so many different yeah. cultures to experience, so many beautiful human beings. Oh my like, gosh, yeah. I never want to get to a place where I never want to go anywhere else. Right. Because I always want to be exploring. Yeah. And seeing more of what is out there and what God's created. Oh, yeah. And I I think, like, people get stuck in this place of, oh, I can't travel. Like, it's not in it for me. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my word. It's once you get somewhere and there's cheap flights you can find, you might have to take, oh, yeah. like, a real budget flight. Oh, but, but hey. It's worth it. It's worth <laughs> it when you get there. Yeah. Which we have taken multiple of those. Mm-hmm. I, where they lose your bag or your <laughs> bag comes out and it's like, why is there a hole and everything's <laughs> wet like it's awful but you get there and then once you're there too like we just went to um bali it's like two dollars to two to five dollars for a meal so and then our our airbnb was a two-bedroom casita all by itself Mm -hmm. a full kitchen a full pool Mm -hmm. and we paid i think like 60 bucks a night Oh my crazy crazy so then you can find ways right and I, I just love the exp- we do hashtag experiences over things because mm-hmm. i just want people to learn yes that we try to fill our houses with stuff that we will eventually put out on facebook marketplaces yeah. and try and sell yeah. anyways yeah. like just minimalist life is where it's at yeah minimalist life and then i think what's really neat is we've both traveled you guys have traveled far more than i have but I think there's a misconception that you you can only do it if you're single. Like, when you have right. nothing else and no. this and that, like, that's the only time you can really travel. Yeah. But I think you guys 
do yeah. it so well where you have a base, yeah. but you're still able to travel and you're married and you have a kid yeah. and a dog. Like and you're doing dog. all of it. Yeah. It makes it a little bit more challenging. Sure. Totally. But it's not impossible. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. We can keep yeah. talking. All right. Well, let's move into our topic for today. And mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about knowing your worth mm-hmm. and what that looks like. And so I know through our friendship and through the conversations we've had over the last few years, we both have struggled with insecurity mm-hmm. and a lack of self-confidence. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit of your journey with that? Like maybe mm-hmm. from your childhood into adulthood? what that's looked like. Yeah. It's, um, it's something that's totally new to me in, in the sense of like, I've seen, I'm now like my eyes are open and I've seen, oh, from childhood to now, all the things that have happened have Mm -hmm. led me to here, have led the insecurities. And for me, I like, I, I, I grew up in a home with an alcoholic dad and, you know, my mom did the best she knew how. I'm very thankful for that. But yeah, we we kind of grew up in this broken home. I remember like I was very athletic and I always wanted affirmation. Mm-hmm. I'm a six on the Enneagram, so <laughs> I love words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was always looking for words of affirmation, mostly because I, I wanted to know I was worthy Mm -hmm. and I was enough. And like, I remember this one time I played competitive soccer and I wanted my dad to watch this game and he ended up sitting in the car because he hated soccer. And so it was just, there's just all these little things that now I'm, I'm able to go, oh, I need to heal that, Mm -hmm. that part of me that was let down Mm -hmm. by that moment. And that moment might've triggered A, B, and C Mm -hmm. later on in my adolescence when I started looking for affirmation with boys and and dating all kinds of boys and, you know, the flirting and everything. Just, yeah, really, that's what it was, looking for affirmation. Mm -hmm. So I met Mike early on in my life, which was, which is very sweet, but very difficult as well, because we got married when I was 21 and I still had never unraveled anything Mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. So our first years of marriage were cool. And then it was like, whoa, (laughs) wait, I'm maturing and understanding my emotions and my mental state. And so I was always attracted to needing words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. That's always been my thing. I struggled with an eating disorder that has still even nagged in my mind Mm -hmm. of counting calories to an extent. And I didn't even know I started an eating disorder and then when I realized it was like a subconscious thing, mm-hmm. I just skipped meals because I was playing sports and mm-hmm. I was really busy with friends and all these things. And I just would skip meals. And then I realized I had an eating disorder and I was like, oh, it was easy. I'll just keep it up. Mm-hmm. And it landed me in the hospital a couple times. I remember the second time I was married. Mm-hmm. Again, I still didn't really like know I was doing it. It was just out of habit. Yeah. And we went to the hospital and I remember him saying like, nothing is worth this. Mm. Nothing at all. Your, your appearance, the exterior part, nothing is worth demolishing the interior. Mm. And that was a a little bit of a switch there for me. Yeah. And so I, um, struggled a lot with, with words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it really shifted for me into identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I wasn't hearing things or feeling enough or, or feeling like I'm, I was doing enough, it switched into, um, identity mm-hmm. and self-worth. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I felt like with the childhood I, I came up in, there was a lot of expectations to hide things, to Mm. not show the behind the scenes, um, expectations to kind of, um, be a certain person in a certain way. And and none of that has anything to do negatively towards my mom or even my dad in that Mm -hmm. way. It's just the household that we lived in and the environment we were living in and, Everybody was just doing the best that they could Mm -hmm. from what they knew how. And when you're living with broken people, broken people continue to break. Mm -hmm. And and if you're not on a path of healing and finding health, Mm -hmm. you're just going to continue to break. So for me, that was a big thing too. Like we moved to LA and I was this broken person with 
oh, I have an eating disorder. I'm not enough. Everybody was all about my husband at that point because we had been on YouTube for a while. And Mm -hmm. I was Mike Tompkins' girlfriend to Mike Tompkins' wife to just plus one. Mm -hmm. So that took a hit on your... My identity became... Nobody cared about about me. There was no affirming me. Mm -hmm. Mike was always great at that but it again, it's behind the scenes, mm-hmm. it's closed doors. So I, I just kind of felt like I wasn't able to just be me yeah, and be the true self that I am. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what that looked like right. at all. And so, especially in LA, the culture is to kind of just like roll and adapt mm-hmm. and become somebody. Everybody is somebody mm-hmm. in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, there's such a facade yeah. because you have to, to yeah. live there. Like yeah. you have to. So I did, I just put on, and that's when my panic attacks really started. So I went from like super anxious about not being affirmed. I don't know who I am. And then the panic attacks mm-hmm. settled in of like, I have not, a, not an idea of my identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really lost it in LA. I really lost everything in LA with worth and mm-hmm. insecurities. And mm-hmm. it was a pretty dark season, dark season. Yeah. Um, but because of my childhood and the expectations of like, nobody knows what's happening behind the closed doors. Yeah. Nobody knew. Not even Mike sometimes knew what I was dealing with. And where with. you were living probably did not help with Absolutely that either. Because that's like the land of that. Yeah. And that's just what it's bred to do. Yeah. So I was bred to do that as a child. And then I was bred to do that in, in the like pretty big pivotal moments in our life of my early 20s. Mm-hmm. newly married. We just moved to the U S and mm-hmm. Mike's kind of famous. Like he was on the Ellen show and the today show and yeah. it just became this, this thing, but it was him. Mm-hmm. I w- and I was hurting pretty bad. So what changed for you? How did you, what helped mm-hmm. you to kind mm-hmm. of get to a place where you started to see and realize yeah. your worthiness that was within you all along. Right. right? But right. it took a while to uncover. Yeah, I, um, it took a really long time. Like I, I even got pregnant and we moved from LA to, um, Nashville Mm -hmm. when I was 32 weeks pregnant. Oh my gosh. And so I'm still spinning in that place of who am I? I'm nobody. Like the insecurities are at crazy highs. Mm -hmm. I got pregnant and Mike was started going down this season of like, he didn't know what he wanted to do anymore with YouTube mm-hmm. and Dash came and I went through postpartum heavy. Mm-hmm. Like I was alone here. It was new. Like I didn't know anybody to really rely on. Mm-hmm. And even if I did, like I did, I had one person, Aaron, who's mm-hmm. our, who introduced us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to keep that facade. Right. I had to keep that. So I can like, only share so much. I can only share so much because I don't want to let anybody know that I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of hit me that I needed counseling. So I started counseling when Dash was 10 months mm-hmm. old and it was like fire for me. Mm-hmm. Like it ignited something so big inside of me. I met an amazing counselor. That's a big thing. Like if you go to counseling and by the end of the first time and you don't feel that like ignition of mm-hmm. something, find somebody else. Yeah. Try another counselor. Yeah. There's value in finding the right person. Totally. Cause there is a right person for you mm-hmm. and I'm such a big advocate. So I found a really awesome counselor that I saw almost weekly mm-hmm. for a little while. And thankfully she was a nonprofit. So we just, it was mm-hmm. a donation, mm-hmm. which was, there's so many of those out there too. Mm-hmm. So don't feel like you can't find a counselor because you're like, oh, they cost hundreds yeah, of dollars. Yeah. And you're like, no, there's a lot there's actually yeah. out there. And then I really started working on finding a community. Mm-hmm. I didn't need like a ton of people. I was just like, I just need to know I can go grab coffee with somebody. Somebody will affirm. Yeah. So I started to realize I needed words of affirmation mm-hmm. to move forward healthy, but I needed them to come from a healthy place. Yes. So I needed them to come from not a like... From what I was trying when I was an adolescent and teenager trying to get boys' attention, mm-hmm. I was looking for a words of affirmation from my friends. Mm-hmm. 
And then I got into um, our mutual friend, Aaron, got uh, um, me hooked on spiritual direction. And I don't know what that is. Um, so, so I'm excited. It's... Um, so I did uh, a year of classes. Mm-hmm. Um, for oh, I it. do remember when you were doing this. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's helping people walk through things that they're going through spiritually. And it doesn't mean you have to be like a Christian or anything. Like mm-hmm. everybody has spirituality. Mm-hmm. Everybody's walking through a spiritual experience of mm-hmm. some way. So for me, it was, I, I needed a stronger prayer life. Mm. I needed to understand how prayer healed, and she said spiritual direction was a huge thing for her mm-hmm. and helped her process prayer. Mm-hmm. So it's not life coaching and it's not counseling, mm-hmm. but it's listening to somebody. It's mm-hmm. sitting with somebody and just listening to them and maybe queuing up like, I hear you saying, I fear this. What do you think that trigger is? Mm-hmm. And having somebody ask me questions like that Mm -hmm. was like stirring all the deep, dark compartments that were like way down in my Mm -hmm. gut that I just shoved down Mm -hmm. from childhood on Mm -hmm. of, oh, that triggered that. So like that soccer story I said Mm -hmm. earlier, I was able to go, oh, that triggered Mm -hmm. an abandonment for me. And then I was like, oh, so then the spiritual director would say like, what does that look like? What does it, what does abandonment look like? And mm-hmm. I was able to unravel all of that. Mm-hmm. So it's somebody that's going to sit with you. That's going to listen extremely well. They pretty much don't say anything the whole time. You just all of a sudden start to unravel. It all bubbles up. Yeah. yeah. They just know how to initiate a question at the right time. Mm-hmm. And it also gives you space to sit quietly. There's not a lot of talking back and forth. There's a lot of like sitting quietly. And when you sit quietly for long enough, you start to just pray. Mm. Well, I started to just pray. So I, my prayer life grew. So my walk with Jesus was growing. Mm -hmm. My faith in God was growing Mm -hmm. because my, my physical dad on earth wasn't able to bring me up as, as the daughter that I hoped and expected, Yeah. but through spiritual direction and through counseling and through, um, finding people that could step in, um, I realized that I already have a really great God, a really great dad Mm -hmm. in that way. And I have really great men in my life that have stepped into those roles. So for me, finding all those little facets Mm -hmm. was the way I went to healing, mm-hmm. and then the Enneagram. Let me yeah. tell you, I could talk about the Enneagram <laughs> all the live long day. But it, the Enneagram actually kind of saved our marriage a little bit too because mm. we walked through a big season of like, because of my unhealth mm-hmm. and even Mike's unhealth mm-hmm. of his childhood and things he's gone through, mm-hmm. even though paper of his family is just perfect and they're wonderful, excellent family but there's still always dysfunction. Every family, Every doesn't matter what it looks like, has, has it. a level of dysfunction. 100%. Mm-hmm. Nobody is perfect. Mm-hmm. We're all human. We're all just trying to do our best yes. with what we've been taught. Yes. So for me now becoming a mom, mm-hmm. I've really tried to break some molds. I was taught this this type of way because my, my mom and dad were taught mm-hmm. this type of way. But I want to shift that so... Mm-hmm dash my son and maybe his kids and so on and so forth, that view might be shifted. Mm -hmm. And that only comes from a place of health. Absolutely. It's kind of breaking the cycles of uh, unhealth, right? Yeah. Because it's, if you look back like far enough in in your own family or in other people's families, just as you watch, like you can see just similar patterns totally, and it does come from a place of health to make that choice to change it. Yeah. Um, whether that's with your kids or even with yourself, the way you talk to yourself and the way you relate with yourself and you will never change the cycle Mm -hmm. for the next generation. If it doesn't doesn't start start with you. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to change everything and fix everything. And that was my, that was my job too. That's the role I took on Mm -hmm. as a child and teenager in any circle, family or friendship Mm -hmm. circle was always, I need to fix this and I need to be the doer all the time. 
But if you're not I'm okay unhealthy, here, yeah. I'm broken. So how can you really? You can't. You can't really affect a lot of change no. outwardly if inwardly it's yeah. still. Yeah. So broken. that's when when I was in the hospital and second or third time with Mike, mm-hmm. and he said to me, "The exterior, nobody cares. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's the interior that needs mm-hmm. a shift." So. It's healing yourself first mm-hmm. to then walk out healing yeah. in the rest. Well, and it's just beautiful because I haven't heard this whole story until now. And it, even still, it's bits and pieces. But realizing it's not one thing, it's a lot of things coming together. Yeah. So it's counseling, it's spiritual direction, it's prayer, it's uh-huh. relationships. It's yeah. it's so much that happens, not all at once necessarily, but they coincide with one another. They work together right. to help us really step into, I guess, the fullness of who we are and our identity and our worth. We're always carrying around a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but the minute that we choose to acknowledge it and heal from it rather than be a victim because of it is the minute that things change. Yeah, being a victim. That's a big one. And and not sitting in that and valuing yourself. Mm -hmm. That's a big one for me. I don't value myself. Like, Mike gets, my husband gets so frustrated with me. <laughs> like, I won't even buy a pair of, like, $10 flip-flops because I'm like, I don't know, it's okay, you guys get something. And he's like, stop it. Like, <laughs> value yourself. Or mm-hmm. or I won't go for the coffee by mm-hmm. myself because I'm like, well, if you're going to watch him, or our kid, I'm going to go clean the house or I'm going to go mm-hmm. do something mm-hmm. or run an errand or something. He's like, no, you're going to go sit at a coffee shop by yourself. Mm-hmm. That is the number one thing that has been the hardest to unravel Mm. is valuing Mm -hmm. myself and my time Mm -hmm. to take care of myself. It makes me like, I already love you and Mike, but that makes me love him even more that he like pushes you to see yourself the way he sees you. Yeah. And I will say like, none of that was really clear and really well done up until we did counseling together Mm -hmm. and we did it weekly for, for like a month or two. Mm -hmm. And then we did it monthly and now we just do it. As when needed. as needed mm-hmm. and and at least once a year mm-hmm. that counseling together is so needed mm-hmm. like my favorite celebrity couple is Kristen Bell and Dak yes, Shepard everyone love yes absolutely love and they talk about like they're in therapy all the time mm-hmm. you're such a mess as it as yourself and then you bring somebody else in and mike has now learned through counseling mm-hmm. the things that were broken in me are the things he needs to now mm-hmm. navigate and highlight and help. Mm-hmm. And, and vice this, versa, And vice right? versa. Completely yeah. vice versa. So that's why he can now identify, oh, she needs time to go and value herself. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. So counseling. Well, something kind of fun is that we both have tattoos mm-hmm. that kind of have to do with our self-confidence and our worth. Like, I have a constellation on my arm, and it's Cassiopeia, which mm-hmm. is also called the Queen. And cool. so for me, it's a reminder to hold my head high yeah. Um, and to remember that, like, especially as a believer, uh-huh. like, we are called co-heirs, yeah. right? Like, yeah, we are we're royalty co-heir. in yeah, a lot we're of royalty. ways. And so mm-hmm. it's to hold my head high and remember that, like, I yeah. am You're a daughter awesome. of the king. Yeah, I'm a daughter of the king. And so yeah. that's kind of mine. Yeah. But I just found out that all of yours have to do yes. with words. So yes. share about yes. as many as you'd like well, to. Well, the... The, the queen, too. Like, my newest one yes. is a crown. I have a crown on my shoulder, and it's crooked. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, are you sure you want it crooked? And I was like, yes, 100%, because <laughs> are you not crooked inside? Yeah. Like, it's representation of I'm worthy, I'm royalty, mm-hmm. I need to put on my crown. Mm-hmm. But to keep it 100 of it's crooked because I'm broken. <laughs> Brokenness and lifelong journey of healing mm-hmm. is, is never ending. Mm-hmm. It's never ending. It's lifelong, like that? I just said. Yeah. So the crown, and it has three hearts on it, and you can take that as Mike Dash and myself. Mm-hmm. You can take it as my brother, my mom, and I. Mm-hmm. Like, just has whatever. Multiple There's meanings. multiple meanings. My mom actually has the exact same one on her wrist. You, did you guys get them together? Yes. Oh. Um, so she, yeah, just to commit to like when you see these things, this is why I love tattoos. Mm-hmm. I'm a big advocate. To have a meaning so that when you look at it and go, oh, mm-hmm. I am that. I am mm-hmm. royalty. I am worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I can be confident in who I am. Mm-hmm. And then I have a, a big bouquet. Bo- bouquet, yeah, and there's different flowers mm-hmm. in it. The first one is a lotus, and a lotus grows in mud, dirt, and mm. sediment, like rock mm-hmm. sediment 
um, it, and it's a beautiful flower. Mm -hmm. A daisy is like the most well-known wildflower mm -hmm. in the world, and that's how I want to be mm -hmm. kind of referred to as like a wildflower. Mm -hmm. I want to stand tall, be pretty in who I am, yes. not ex not just externally. And roses, mm -hmm. I found out when I was doing research, because I do a lot of research before I get my tattoo, mm -hmm. that roses are also quite wild. Hmm. Um, and roses can be also grown in dirt and like oh. really like rocky places. Mm -hmm. And they have thorns on mm -hmm. them and they're sometimes unsafe to hold. Mm -hmm. It, there's a lot of meaning in that of like, it's hard to, to hold on to something, mm -hmm. but it's a beautiful thing to mm -hmm. hold on to. So uh, tell me about this one. I want, I don't know if I know. Um, I, this says you can, mm -hmm. um, and it's in my dad's handwriting. Okay. Um, so this is a little bit of a controversial <laughs> tattoo <laughs> since I don't really have a relationship with my dad where we've, we actually are walking out an incredible healing journey mm -hmm. at the moment. But, like, I was given him, mm -hmm. and he was given me. Mm -hmm. And on some level, there needs to be some respect and honor and walk out. And I can only get there because I've done so much work right. myself. Right, So. Can I say, though, you said the word honor, and that yeah. really hits me because, yeah. you know, families. Yes. Families, family. And I think that for a long time, my, my understanding of honor was so mm -hmm. crooked. Yeah. And it was, like... Put it, put their needs above your own. Mm. Um, always meet them where they're at, mm -hmm. and it ended up putting me in a place of like always being disappointed mm. and hurt. Yes, but because I didn't want to disappoint or hurt them, mm -hmm. and that's not honor. No. Like because you put yourself last, right? So you need to know your true self, mm -hmm. honor yourself mm -hmm. to then honor them. Right. It's again that whole internal shift yeah. of healing the internal brokenness. Yes. To then be able to honor people where they're at. Mm -hmm. Like, my dad is completely broken mm -hmm. still and wants to choose that. And I have to look at him and go, okay, mm -hmm. that's your way of doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hope and pray and think that there could be another alternative mm -hmm. to your life. Mm -hmm. but, but I'm not going to hold you to that standard. Right. And I'm not going to hold myself in that standard of making sure I have to fix it. Right. Or like the responsibility. Yeah, not I don't have to do that. Um, I, I struggled a lot with receiving words of affirmation from him through my healing. A lot of my counseling was, was about him. Mm -hmm. Um, not in any negative way, but in a way of just trying to change that cycle. Yeah. And, um, he was doing what he knew best mm -hmm. and what he knew from his childhood. Yeah. He came from a completely broken childhood. Mm -hmm. So he wrote me this letter. I was probably 16 or 17. Mm -hmm. And I've held on to this letter because it's all about, I wish I was like, he says, I wish I was like you. Mm. You're so strong. Mm -hmm. You're able. It's all the things I wanted, wanted to hear. Yeah. Um, and the biggest thing he says over and over in it is you can do all things. You can mm. achieve things. You can move mountains. You can go. Mm -hmm. That really struck me. Those two words have really struck me of you can. Mm -hmm. it, nothing's impossible. Mm -hmm. Nothing is impossible. Mm -hmm. You just need to find another route. You need to, mm -hmm. you need to find a different tribe. You mm -hmm. need to find your true self. It's, mm -hmm. There's so many routes, but that's you can. Mm -hmm. So it's also healing in the way of, I don't need anything from my dad, mm -hmm. but I take the the hope from mm -hmm. you can, mm -hmm. and hopefully he can. When it comes to knowing our worth, I mean, I feel like when we really fully step into that and into our true identity, so much around us shifts. Mm -hmm. How do you think knowing our worth ties into healthy relationships? Because mm. we've talked about we've talked about some relationships. Yeah. So, oh man, I struggled so bad with that <laughs> high school days. Oh man, there was a lot of boys that walked through that revolve. I called it the revolving door. <laughs> Like, I I was only broken up with once. Like, I broke up. With, like, it was... And it was constant flow. Mm -hmm. But, un unfortunately, I made those mistakes. But um, those mistakes made me who I am. Yeah. So, I'm very thankful for the scars now. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, for me, it, it was finally recognizing what it was. 
I was in search of words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. I was in search of finding somebody to depend on Mm -hmm. 100%. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't even have that in my marriage. It's it's very difficult Mm -hmm. because we're both human. Mm -hmm. For me, it was it was recognizing that it was Mm -hmm. seeing I don't need those things for me to be joyful, to be joyful, to know that I'm unconditionally loved Mm -hmm. came from my faith. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen until I was able to break down some barriers um, with healing um, and recognizing that a lot of it had to do with toxic relationships Mm -hmm. and toxic relationships looked like friends and, and family and strangers, Mm -hmm. social media can do it to you. Like toxic relationships, like crazy. We were on this YouTube world where it's like, I, I was friends with people, but not really like Mm -hmm. it's online. So there's, there's a lot of toxic relationships. So for me, um, a big healing thing was boundaries, Mm -hmm. finding boundaries within those relationships of I don't need anything from you. I don't expect anything from you. And to not uh, put that on myself Mm -hmm. of, oh, they expect me to be this way. If they do, that's on them. Yeah. I've I've gotten to the place of, if they have a problem with what I say, Mm -hmm. if they have a problem with how I act, Mm -hmm. that's on them. Mm -hmm. And that's their healing journey, not mine. Mm -hmm. Because I now know my true self. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a lifelong journey. Absolutely. It's a cycle. I grieve and I'm sad and I'm mad. I have all the things. <laughs> but I know what I need to be healthy. Speaking of how do we... Because we all... There's always going to be toxic people in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do we still love the people that we mm-hmm. identify as toxic mm-hmm. while also protecting ourselves, a.k.a. Yeah. having boundaries? Yeah. I think it comes back to what we were talking about with honor. Mm. Like... I love the the phrase love well mm-hmm. and and that we we are called to love our neighbors. Mm-hmm. We are called to love everybody in their shape, state, faith, whatever mm-hmm. it looks like. We are called to love mm-hmm. people and be kind to people whether they've hurt you or haven't hurt you. Mm-hmm. And it, it comes to uh, this this thought of how can I move forward and be honoring of myself and my time? and my health Mm -hmm. and still love them well. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just recently have started to really walk this. Mm -hmm. So my dad, for example, like it's been a long time since I've talked to him. And just recently we sat down together and his first question was, why now? Like, why talk to me now? And I was just like, because I honor you. Mm-hmm. I want to honor you. And I can only do that because it was on my terms, mm-hmm. on the way I wanted to do it, and the place I wanted to do it. And I loved myself and didn't yeah. expect or need anything from him. So you're coming from a place of health. Yeah, yeah. 100%. You're always going to have toxic relationships. So it's it's creating boundaries. Whether you need to take a pause so I, I initiated the pause with my dad. Um, I've initiated pauses with friends. Mm-hmm. If you start making me feel like I'm being judged or criticized or not honored, I'll take a little bit of a pause. Yeah. It's also great to take a pause and, and find out what that trigger is. Yeah. Find out what is really triggering you. What's that root? Yeah. yeah what's that root? Heal you mm-hmm. so then you can enter back into that relationship without that mm-hmm. expectation from mm-hmm. them. So that's really interesting. It sounds like, I mean, from this conversation, there's so much self-awareness mm-hmm. that needs to be, yeah. um, involved in the process of healing oh, yeah. and also relationships. Yep. So like understanding where we're coming from and what is that need within us and is it healthy yeah. or is it unhealthy? And, and obviously none of that is overnight. It's a lifelong journey, but the more we press into that healing and that mm-hmm. awareness, yeah. The um, more fruitful and and purposeful our relationships will become, and our 100%. things that we choose to do will become. And it's like self awareness, healing, yeah. honor. I still love these people yeah. and want the best for them, but maybe right now that requires me kind of stepping away, stepping away, finding healing for yes. yourself, and then you can enter back in mm-hmm. way more knowledge, mm-hmm. way more wisdom of how to control yourself. Yeah in this situation 
because they're they're toxic. Mm-hmm. They're all they might always be toxic. Mm-hmm. So you also need to recognize how you act around them, who you become around mm-hmm. them, and identify all those things so that when and if you ever do go back into a relationship with them, that you can notice all those things that are happening and go, okay, I don't need that. Mm -hmm. I can leave that there. Mm -hmm. We're still going to be friends. I'm still going to love you, but we're going to, I'm going to leave that Mm -hmm. all there. Mm -hmm. And remembering too, I think it's important to remember, like, it's not our job to lead anyone into their own health. Like Mm -hmm. they need to make that choice on their own. We can't fix them. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a big one. Yeah. You need to come to grips with the fact that you cannot fix anybody. No. It has to be mm-hmm. their choice yeah. on on their terms when they're ready, yeah. if they're ever yeah. ready. We've got one more question around this topic. And what advice would you give to those, which basically means all of us, <laughs> what advice would you give to all of us <laughs> who are on this journey toward realizing and owning our worth and stepping fully into our identity and who we are made to be? Honestly, for me, I'll, um, I'll speak for myself, mm-hmm. which I hope can be an encouragement is being aware that you're not valuing yourself mm. is a is such a big component to walking out health. I have never valued my opinion, my thoughts, my dreams. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like never in my wildest dream did I ever think I'd ever end up in Paris. Like ever. Mm-hmm. Like it was a dream of mine. Mm-hmm. And the first time we went to Paris... Um, I got pregnant, but the first, yeah, (laughs) the first time, um, we went to Paris, we walked down and I had on like vision boards and stuff like Lateray macarons, like Mm -hmm. these colorful biscuits. And that's all I wanted. And I remember walking into the store and tears coming down my face and walking over to the Eiffel Tower. Mm -hmm. And like Mike was with me, but he was so aware that I needed that moment Mm -hmm. of, I never thought that or dreamed that this would ever happen for me mm-hmm. because I didn't value myself. Mm-hmm. And the mo- one, that is one of the bigger moments in my life of sitting under the Eiffel Tower with a cappuccino mm-hmm. and this colorful box of macarons. Mm-hmm. And again, Mike's not even there. Like I was, it was an alone moment mm-hmm. and staring up at this amazing mm-hmm. thing. And, like, just crying and mm-hmm. being so humbled mm-hmm. of stop not valuing yourself. Mm-hmm. Stop devaluing your dreams, mm-hmm. your passions, who you are. Like, mm-hmm. you you are already designed uniquely different than anybody else. But it's choosing to step into that place. Mm-hmm. And I just remember sitting there and, and feeling like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I need to start valuing myself. Mm-hmm. And that's that was the self-awareness piece that started the train mm-hmm. of, of walking through health. I need to find me mm-hmm. and what I want out of life and the legacy I want to leave, the parenting style I want to have. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, I, I think for me, that's where it comes down to is knowing your value. Mm-hmm. And this is the point at which I made a huge mistake in the editing process and accidentally somehow deleted the last three questions that Kayla and I went through. I did everything I possibly could to recover the file, but it just did not work. So alas, here we are. Kayla is so gracious and hopped on a call with me literally the day before this was going live. Um, But before we get into that, I want to go ahead and share the way she ended out answering this question about how to know your worth. And um, essentially what she said is uh, that knowing your worth starts with recognizing that it's been there all along. Your worth is inherent. It's always been there. It's always going to be there and it's never going to go away. And that as for a process, it really just requires a little bit of digging in and figuring out what brings you life and what brings you joy and um, the, the way that you were made and the passions you've been given and digging into those things and then claiming those things. And then finally, fully believing those things and knowing that you have been worthy from the beginning. All right, now let's finish up this episode with this conversation between myself and Kayla. Okay. So Kayla, thank you for jumping in on a call really quick. I appreciate it so much. We're literally on like almost opposite sides of the world right now. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) I am in England and you're in Southern California. This is amazing. So let's just finish up this episode with these last three questions. Knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself at age 20? Oh man. I, this is, it's such a loaded question um, because I would tell myself so many things. <laughs> um, I would want her to, I would want her to fully start to trust herself, to trust in who she's becoming um, and that failing, or I want her to know that those are just learning things. Those are stepping stones to becoming something great, to lean into you know, the hurts and the brokenness and the hopelessness, whatever you're carrying to just lean into it and kind of embrace it mm-hmm. um, because it only makes you stronger. It, it only makes your story more full. Like mm-hmm. you can only step into the light it, through the darkness. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, for me, some of my 20s, Um, and my early or later teens, I mean, were a little darker for me in my, in my mental state. And I, I just want her to know that, you know, all the, the dark things that we walk through mentally, Mm -hmm. um, especially through those later teen years, early twenties, when you're really trying to dig in and figure your life out, that those hurts and hangups and all those things that you think are life-changing are, are actually stepping stones to mm. becoming your true self and to just lean into them. They're only going to help you grow. So mm. kind of embrace it. Find people in your life that you can speak truth into them, but also they can speak truth into you. Um, find people in your life that aren't just going to be takers, mm. um, that can also give too. That, that was a big, big learning curve for me, just trying to figure out who I am, I would just give and give and give. And that that's going to lead to a, a brutal burnout. So mm-hmm. find people that can give to you. Find people that aren't just takers, the leeches. Be bold, be brave, be confident. You're only growing mm-hmm. and becoming true self. Yeah. I, I think trusting in yourself is a big thing because mm-hmm. I didn't trust myself at all with emotions or just even in choice, life choices and stuff, even though like I got married at 21, but I just, there were so many things that I wish I would have just been a little more trusting Mm. with myself. Like going with Um, your gut. Yeah. Yeah. Going with your gut. um, And like, you know, we have mind, heart and spirit and Mm. to just lean into all three rather than like trying to go with our mind and controlling everything, but Mm. also leaning into our heart and Mm. what it's leading us to and our spirit to not just be stuck in our minds and trying to control and figure it all out. We got a whole life to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who or what is inspiring you lately? I think I said something probably way different <laughs> because it's always evolving, right? I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I know I said Brene Brown because she is definitely for me a big one. Like mm-hmm. I just, I embrace everything and love everything she, she talks about and encourages. I've been following Chelsea Smith. She's a pastor's wife uh, Mm -hmm. to Judah from church home. And I've been following her on Instagram and she has been so um, encouraging as I walk through some things in my marriage and then sleeping at last. They have an album Atlas too, Mm -hmm. and the Enneagram ones. Like yesterday I'm sitting on the beach listening to six because I'm a six (laughs) and sobbing because it just, it felt like the most giant hug, like, the, the whole album is something I think everybody should be listening to. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. I know. It took me a while on the Enneagram the, or the Sleep Ant Last Enneagram series because the first time I listened to a four, I was like, I don't get it. I don't like this. And then yeah. I had to listen to the podcast episode of it where he yes. kind of explains with another person why he put in what he did for each number. And I was like, oh my gosh, wait, this does make sense. And then also I realized like, what a four way to respond to something (laughs) (laughs) to say like, no, 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 don't put me in a box. I'm not like everyone. It was so funny. Yeah. I would definitely second all of the things you just said, but especially that, um, sleeping at last. All right. So last question for real this time. (laughs) Um, in your opinion, what makes someone a wild heart? Okay. I, I, I think the last time we talked about this, mm-hmm. I totally used my son 
dash. You did. You did. He is, he's the epitome of wild heart. Like even today he drove me crazy with how wild he is. He just wants to run and embrace life and like dart anywhere he can, but he's saying hi to everybody. Um, he'll stop. And you know, if you're crying, he'll stop and he'll ask you if you're okay. Mm. Even if he doesn't know you, like he wants to pet all the dogs. Like he's just this sweet little tender thing, but he's wild and crazy mm-hmm. and wants to chase after, he wants to chase after the next adventure. <laughs> and for me, he is the wild heart. Like mm. that, that right there for me bottles it up of like, be wild, chase an adventure. Whether it doesn't have to be like traveling, but just chase an adventure. Like make your heart thirsty, whatever it is, like, make your yourself just really hungry for that Mm. you know that life I love that yeah and Dash is like just such a little epitome of a little wild heart he's the sweetest yeah he's the sweetest (laughs) Kayla thank you so much for literally hopping on a call the day before this episode goes live (laughs) of course these things happen and I love you very much I'm proud of your podcast I'm proud of you for going after your adventure Thank you. I just adore you um, as a human, but I'm so grateful as well to call you one of my really good friends. Oh, I love you. <laughs> love you too. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into this episode of Wild Hearts with Janine. And thank you so much for your grace with my really amateur technical glitch there. I'm really glad though that you guys tuned into this episode where Kayla and I talked about knowing your worth and having healthy relationships as a result of knowing your worth knowing what you deserve, knowing the things that you're passionate about, really digging deep into those things, and then moving out and going after the things that you really feel like you were made to do. I would highly recommend that you check out Kayla on Instagram. She has such an encouraging and life-giving feed, and she's just real. She's like the real deal, and um, you guys will be so blessed to follow her. This is the last episode of this season, and we will be back in a few months after I finish up this trip through Europe. I have some other things this summer I'm going to be focusing on, but don't you worry. We will come back in August with some more wonderful guests, a few more solo episodes, and I would love some of your guys' feedback. If you have specific topics you'd like me to talk about next season or people you think I should interview, please let me know. Feel free to send me an Instagram message or an email anytime. Anyway, I hope that you guys have an amazing summer and I can't wait to see you back here soon. But until then, y'all keep dreaming, seeking, and stepping out in faith.